0: Hello and welcome to Bygones. I'm Laura-Jane Parker and I'm Eleanor Parker and we rewatch watch every episode of Annie McBeal through 2021 eyes. Yes we Still do. Still novelty eyes to me. <laughs>
1: I mean <laughs> 2021 is basically been 2020 part two. <laughs> Continued. <laughs> yes.
0: I, I mean, saw we've... something actually that people were like can we just uh, say that everything up until uh, I think it was like up until March? Can we just say it's an extension of 2020, and then after that, it's like 2021? <laughs> really? Really? Because yeah. <laughs> in the UK, I think there's hope that by March things will be better. Although I'm I'm skeptical of that. So I um, I just think we're stuck with this for a while until our government certainly gets its shit together and reduces case numbers of coronavirus but uh we'll see we will (laughs) one day we might be like australia or new zealand or you know korea or one of those countries that has managed to keep a lid on it and has gone back to normal but not yet
1: until then uh we shall continue
0: (laughs) yes yes
1: yeah so uh yeah, today we're going to not be talking about COVID. <laughs> no, or let's that try not to. That there was a attempted coup in uh,
0: America. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, by the time this comes out and we release, this, this episode, will have That will, well, hopefully that will have been a distant memory because Joe Biden will have been inaugurated hopefully there's not a massive like civil war war that's broken out on inauguration day I mean I'm really hoping that this is none of this comes to pass I mean
1: it's really hard to know what's going (sighs) to happen next I mean I hope they come down on them all like a ton of bricks because we're thinking of all of our
0: American listeners certainly I know it's a tough time for everyone politically pretty much but um yeah things are very stressful
1: yes and very odd um yeah and never thought we'd live to see these days but
0: here we are (laughs) here we are to bring a bit of light relief well I say light relief I mean there's some issues going on with these episodes at the moment
1: I think we should definitely throw in a trigger warning for this episode. There is a lot of transphobia that we're going to be encountering and it's a bit of a bummer. So if that does not feel like something you You want to be dealing with right now, (laughs) I get it. absolutely fine and fair enough. Unfortunately
0: we're
1: here somehow we've committed to this without realizing what it is
0: we've walked into we've been ambushed (laughs) we've been ambushed by early 2000s transphobia and it is not fun so um, yeah if you want to hear us rant about it then please keep listening but if you want to opt out totally cool
1: yeah yeah absolutely um so today we are going to be talking about Uh, Season four, episode three, Two's a Crowd.
0: Interesting, yeah. Interesting times.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, Two's a Crowd first aired on November 6th, 2000. We interrupt this programme for Eleanor's Cultural Stuff. Brought to you by the Naughties. The other decade more
0: problematic than it looks. Two thousand. What a time!
1: <laughs> Those Halcyon
0: days of two thousand. They're not Halcyon anymore. I have watched this episode and I'm like, did we all just put up with this? Yeah, that's it. That's it.
1: Completely. Okay. Uh, the UK number one is. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you the artist. Mm-hmm. It's the Spice Girls.
0: The Spice Seagulls. <laughs> <laughs> No, Spice Girls. Spice Girls. Is it? It's goodbye, isn't it? It must be. No. No? Oh, nope. is it holler? I wanna make you holler. Make you holler. <laughs> I was gonna say, Spice, uh, Goodbye would have been when Jerry left. Yeah, sorry. When 2000. Yeah, holler. That was when they were a four piece. Holla, 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 holla. Come on. Holla, 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 holler, Come on, come on. I actually really like this song. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's good.
1: It's also, yeah. um, it's a joint single because it's holler and it's Slash Let Love Lead the Way, which I don't remember Let Love Lead no, the I Way No, I don't. Nobody all. cares about that one. No, it's Holla real- we yeah. were all about holler. Um, yeah. So that was the UK number one. And the US number one is still uh, Christina Aguilera and Come On Over, Come
0: On, come over, on, baby. on over, Baby. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good some good great tunes. Pop tunes there.
1: Um, good times. So uh, November 6th, Toxicologist, and I, I've never heard of this, and I'm going to have to look <laughs> at this. Again, in closer detail at some point, but it...
0: Get your 2021 eyeballs on it.
1: (laughs) Toxicologist Kristen Russell murders her husband, Gregory de Villas, in San Diego by poisoning him with fentanyl. She successfully passes off the crime as suicide for several (gasps) months before being charged... I know. Oh. How
0: crazy! I've never is that? heard of this case before. No, I feel like this I is haven't. like one of those stories that a true crime podcast would cover. Absolutely, yeah. I've never heard of
1: it, but yeah, she was a toxicologist and she poisoned her husband. Um, oh, what a cheeky and bitch! To get away with it <laughs> for a few months.
0: Um, oh my god! I know it's
1: crazy. Um, wow. Okay. Next thing I've got is uh, a few things on the seventh of November. So first of all, um, the theft of three hundred and fifty million pounds worth of diamonds from the Millennium Dome is foiled oh, by the police.
0: Yes, I vaguely remember this. You remember this?
1: Yeah, I don't. vaguely, is, vaguely. Why is
0: three hundred and fifty
1: million worth pounds worth of diamonds in the Millennium Dome
0: in the first place? Wasn't was it like part of an exhibit? I don't know. so, I don't remember seeing it. I feel like well you you've been there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't remember seeing it, that's what I'm saying. I think it was part of a I think it was part of one of the um like there was a diamond like a section of it that was like a, a diamond like one of the uh, companies diamond companies had like a exhibition, exhibition stand or something to display <laughs> i think that's what it is like the beers okay. or someone or and there was I don't a know, whatever what another and it's foiled yeah i guess so yeah but i do remember them foiling it yeah yeah it's
1: crazy it sounds like that should be made into a movie
0: um i think it has didn't they do a tv they? program on it or something <laughs> no idea yeah. i'm no going to idea. look it up yeah, look hang out. on OK. Yeah, it was a De Beers diamond exhibition that was being held in the Dome at the time. And then they planned to escape via the Thames in a speedboat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's very
0: James Amazing. Bond.
1: Amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> they saw diamond, and... They saw Diamonds Are Forever, no, not Diamonds Are Forever, Die Another Day. That's the one where James Bond slides down the Millennium Dome and then into like a speedboat. And there's like a chase on the Thames. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's well, ripped from that. Actually, is it? Because when was Die Another Day? When did that come out? Uh,
0: maybe it's the I other don't way know, around. Actually. I
1: actually. Die Another Day, I think, it was the
0: late 90s. I, I think, think it might have been
1: early 2000s. Or no, maybe it was
0: later because, um, yeah, Madonna did the yeah, song, didn't she? it was
1: 2002. So maybe this inspired <laughs> what went down on Die Another Day. <laughs>
0: Oh my like goodness.
1: Their, their plan that never happened.
0: Well, I um think that what I am thinking of is that Ross Kemp did a show about the Millennium Dome heist uh for ITV um a few years ago. Oh, okay. Uh, so oh not no, quite. it a was film. only it was no no no, it was um a couple of months ago. It was in November. Oh. Um and it was on ITV yeah it was Ross Kemp's Millennium Dome heist or something and he, he investigates it I don't know but yeah it's about the same incident oh there you
1: yeah. go so I'm sure you so, can catch that on some kind of streaming service
0: though yeah I'm sure whatever ITV's streaming service is uh, if you're in the UK you could if you wanted to learn more about that Ross Kemp has all the info for you <laughs> has the deets okay he's looked into it so we don't have to <laughs> Okay,
1: also on the 7th of November, um, the 2000 United States presidential election, uh, mm-hmm. Republican candidate, Texas Texas Governor George W. Bush defeated Democratic uh, Vice President Al Gore in the closest election in history. But the final Florida. outcome... Is not known for over a month because of disputed votes in Florida.
0: Florida, yep. Um,
1: Also, on the 7th of November, Hillary Clinton is elected uh, to the United States Senate, becoming the first First Lady of the United States to win public office. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, November the 8th. in the U.S. presidential election, uh, per Florida law, an automatic recount begins in the state due to the narrow margin of the outcome. Mm. Yes, yeah. so that is well, we what all I have. know what
0: it was like to stay glued to the TV for the best part of a week trying to figure out <laughs> the
1: election results in America. I think we've all yeah. just done that exactly.
0: So, multiple yes. to wall, CNN coverage. Um, yeah. So that's what I well, have from wow. stuff this episode great so yeah so let's crack on then with twos a crowd yes um so i would like your opinion actually before we start how okay. are you feeling about these like carrie bradshaw voiceovers that we're now getting i'm not enjoying it and I'll i'm tell not you enjoying why. it either
1: i'll tell you, I'll tell for, you for why <laughs> <laughs> because Okay, first of all, Ali's inner monologue is not that interesting.
0: One. No, it isn't.
1: Two, it's used quite inconsistently. Like yes. it is really does not know how to use a voiceover because like some episodes it has it, it it, it is all through the episode, but mm-hmm. some episodes it's like one scene like right yeah. at the end or like it's yeah. really and it's just like you don't know how to use this something like sex in the city something like scrubs like it is used it is often used as a way of like transitioning from one scene to another scene mm-hmm. like you know oh while mm-hmm. Sam was dealing with this downtown um, yeah. yeah Charlotte was uptown dealing with this like it's it you know yeah. it, it's a way of moving from one scene to another, and like you say, exposition and and in a but also in the case I...
0: of Sex and the City and Scrubs, I'm thinking um, it would also be funny. Like there'd be little puns yes. or like yeah, like Absolutely. digs in there. And like also this is with, just like with,
1: especially with Sex and the City, it's also um, very like you. It's it also. To, to remind you that this is her column, like this yeah. is this is her job. Yeah. Um yeah. so it yeah it really works in something like Sex and the City and in Scrubs like you say it works because it is often very funny the inner yeah. monologue like and yeah and Sex in the City it has it will have puns in there and it will yeah. be be amusing. But yeah in this like they're super inconsistent with it. So it'll just pop up and you'll be like, oh, okay, we're doing this now. Like, and yeah. um, it's not all that funny and she's not all that interesting. So <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you don't really know how
0: to use this very I effectively. I don't see, because they didn't, they've had a couple of instances of it now and again in previous seasons but they've really gone in hard on it for season four yeah and I don't know why um but I really don't feel I feel like you could delete all of the voiceover and you'd still get the same out of the episode like it doesn't add anything it
1: doesn't add anything no
0: it's really really weird
1: it's really it feels like I'm like, Some, Ali is it, not
0: it, so much of an enigma that she needs this amount of explaining. No, like, we all know not. what she's, really she's thinking. Yeah,
1: she makes it... But she's very... She's
0: not uh, profound. No, she's, not, she's you know,
1: not. And that's the thing. <laughs> Insightful like, in any way. No, she's not. And it's just <laughs> like, she's... she. I, I It totally feels like this is a note that has come down from a producer... Who's yeah, maybe. Been like, oh, Sex and the City does this thing where they have Carrie talk all the time. I think Ali should do that too, and like, yeah. that's what that's why they're doing it because it's sex, weird. Because Sex and the City would have been massive at this time.
0: It yeah, would, it yeah. It
1: probably had taken over from Ali McBeal as being yeah. like the hot show. Because Allie. To McBeal, talk about. Yeah, yeah. Ali McBeal was the hot show. Um, for you know, a few moments, and then suddenly it wasn't, and something well, like Sex season in three. City... it went
0: I think the ratings dropped in season three, and that's why they hired yeah. Robert Downey Jr. to yeah. like boost it. So I think yeah. they were thinking of how do we boost ratings in exactly. this season, and that's how, how one do of do them. We yeah,
1: get how do we get um more ratings again? Well, well, what's working in other shows? um let's get a hot actor
0: and I don't like it when um shows do that like I'm like have your own identity have your own convictions on what you know will work for your show like have have your show's personality and stick to it like not to say don't change it up but don't just just copy and paste something from another show because it won't necessarily work
1: yeah Yeah. like it's just like well that works there because they know how to use it You don't know how to use this and it's not really gelling for
0: me. No, Um, not at all. Yeah. So so, I'm I'm glad you said that because I, all the way through these these last couple of episodes, I've just been like, I don't like this. This is not working. It's
1: not a show. It feels like it... It definitely feels like because Scrubs hasn't come on TV yet at this point, so it's definitely taking its cues from Sex and the City. But it's a device, I think,
0: yeah, it's a device to help you relate, I think, to the main character. And I'm like, there's no relating to Ali, like, no matter how much (laughs) voiceover you put in there, no one's like oh yeah, I get it, like, you're like me, you're just like me, your inner thoughts are like mine, and it's like, no, no, they're not. I I think, I think she's also just, because
1: of who she is, because the difference, I think, also why it works in a show like Sex and the City is because I think Carrie Bradshaw as a character is actually she's not a depressive character she no. she's quite hopeful a lot of the time like although she'll go through like emotional down moments and yeah. she'll be quite you know sort of um you know she'll be maybe like sadly pondering something or you know like in her sort of down moments But there's. It got me to pondering. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It got me to pondering. Yeah. Um, She will. She, you know, she can be in like sort of uh, what's the word? I can't think of the word.
0: Introspective.
1: Yeah, introspective, and just a bit kind of like she's not everything is always wonderful, and um, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to be super happy and sunshine and rainbows and constantly optimistic and hopeful um mm. but at the same time like which she isn't but she's not depressive like Ali Ali no. can be properly depressing in her yeah. inner monologue like she yeah. she can be very kind of cynical and jaded and um yeah, just very depressive. And it's and annoying so it because be she quite... occupies
0: such a position of privilege in the world. So especially like you watch it now and you just think, sure, everyone's got problems and they have a right to complain about them. But look at your problems in light of the grand scheme of things. Like you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, there's only so much of it you can really take, yeah, I think, as an audience. Yeah, there's only so
1: much of woe is me. Uh, yeah that is sort of palatable isn't it like um, yeah yeah so I I just think she's too negative a character they don't quite know she's not that deep um, a character either yeah
0: she's not Uh, funny
1: yeah she's not that smart like I don't think she's that smart at all and it's just like she's just Uh, Yeah, and they just don't know how to use it. They don't know how to use this device um, at all in their show. And it just, yeah, it completely feels like um, this is just something they've been told to do. Because that's what the hot new show is doing and that it works for them. So why not us? Like, uh, yeah, so, yeah, like you say, not... The
0: best thing, yeah. On on that then, we do start this episode with uh, a Carrie Bradshaw voiceover. Um, So Ali's uh, at the office working with a lawyer um, and her voiceover is saying that it all started with a smile um, I've heard it said that when you trace the origin of trouble, more times than not it can lead to a smile. We were just dotting the eyes on a settlement. The case was over, and he seemed so happy, which is unusual for a lawyer, if not illegal. <clears throat> and this lawyer um is uh like an older guy um that she's just sort of flirtily smiling with as they kind of sign off some paperwork on this case. Um, and she asks him why he has. A smile that seems to embrace life she's like you either never married or you beat cancer and and the lawyer's like uh well actually um i, I was married and my wife died of cancer <laughs> 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 and ali's like foot in mouth disease obviously strikes again um but um he's sort of seeing the funny side of her putting her foot in it um and ali's like well but how do you do it like how do you how do you act like everything's okay? And he's like, well, I, I just close my eyes and I say to myself in a low voice, everything's going to be okay. And then Ali's voiceover is like, I'm not sure why, but I wanted something of what he had inside him. And I was like, great um and then um and then ali's voiceover says and then it just happened i accepted my very first date with an old person because michael um who's the name of this guy has asked her out and she said yes but is also very ageist about it so (laughs) (laughs) i know
1: he's like old person he's just older older
0: yeah yeah,
1: but also it's just like there is literally nothing special about this man's smile like i don't know what you're happy guy
0: she's just fascinated by people who are who can smile who can and do smile. It's <laughs> so weird. Um yeah, but also I thought this was funny given that Callista ended up um dating, marrying Harrison Ford. Cuz well, yeah, big age absolutely. gap in their relationship. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I actually thought, "Oh, is this inspired by that?" But then I looked it up and they didn't meet until 2002. So Yeah. Um this is a couple of years before that, but yeah, it's very funny. It did make
0: me laugh. Yeah. Um, so then we're in titles, um, and after titles, Ali is uh, walking down the street with more voiceover saying that they say after breaking up with somebody, a woman will date anybody. They also say that men can pick up on that, and she kind of accidentally bumps into a guy it's on that, the street. Question: Do they say this? <laughs> I, don't, I, do, I don't. I don't know. These are things. It's you're all saying. just nonsense, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. I know. <laughs> Um, that she kind of bumps into this guy on the street who um, I think he's meant to be portrayed as kind of nerdy, like someone that's not desirable um, because she bumps into him and he's like, oh, hey, would you like to go to the movies and starts like following her down the street and she's just (laughs) ignoring him listening to her voiceover. Um, And she's like, I'm in my 30s. It's really no big deal going out with a guy in his 50s. What's so disconcerting is getting that little intuitive pang inside that says it could be something serious. That inner voice that screams out, buy a new dress. And by this time, the nerdy guy's like given up um, trying to get a response from her. And Ali stopped on her way to work to duck into a dress shop. And I'm like, Sure. Don't worry about work, Ali. Go dress shopping. That's what, what you need to do. <laughs>
1: Again, this feels very sex in the city, doesn't it? Yes. It
0: feels yeah. very.
1: This totally feels like they've been like, David E. Kelly, can you just watch some sex in the city and, like, you know, crib stuff from that? Because, uh, yeah, it just sets it up a bit. Uh, what do It's really like? weird. Oh, shopping. But we won't show you any of the shopping or what dress she bought. Like, it's just like. All the bits that are actually fun about Sex and the Sea.
0: I know. And, and like... also, I don't know if you've noticed, but when she goes on her date, she doesn't wear a dress. She just yeah, wearing a shirt and trousers. Exactly. It's just like, <laughs> right, what? <laughs> oh, anyway, so next we're straight into the case of the week. And Ling is meeting with a client whose name is Wanda Spickett. And Wanda is in a very bad mood um, because her issue is that she went on a seminar kind of workshop thing called how to keep your man happy or something like that and took the advice of a relationship guru called Shirley Grouper to try and save her marriage. But actually what happened was that it ended up causing her husband to leave her. And Nell has come in because she's also on this case like halfway through Wanda explaining that she took this, this doctor who ran the workshops advice um, and her husband dumped her like toxic waste and the advice that the seminar apparently gave was to be submissive like baptists um greet him at the door with like the whole deal like slippers three-course meal and fellatio she says um but it didn't work and apparently her husband said getting all sex for me was like walking on a high wire you don't want to be looking down (laughs) oh my god (laughs) And Ling is just like, are you sure he didn't leave you because you're unattractive? And Wanda's like, no, it was the advice. I want to sue her. So... I'm
1: just, I'm just a bit like, <laughs> I can't believe you said that, Ling. Like, that's I know. so fucking rude. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, for your client as well, that you're yeah. trying to... Who I don't is know.
1: paying you? Like, <laughs> what the
0: fuck? Meanwhile, um... And this is the bit where, unfortunately, we're here to tell everyone that the Mark and Cindy storyline is continuing this episode and particularly Richard's uh, transphobia towards it. Um, And I'm quite uh, upset to have to talk about it, to be quite honest, but it is what it is. We have to wade through it. So um, Richard has cornered Ali for advice because he is having a what he calls a moral conflict that he needs her help with and he basically takes it upon himself to out Cindy to Ali um, and tell her about the situation Um, and he's just like he's dating a woman who has so many nice qualities one of them is a penis and Ali is stunned at the news um, and the reason he's told all of this is because he wants to be able to ask Ali whether he should tell Mark or not because he feels like he has some kind of moral obligation, duty to slip him a note, Mayday or something. Um, I mean, it's just so unbelievably unacceptable. It's awful. (laughs) This whole thing.
1: (laughs) So you just, so Richard, you just went ahead and betrayed Cindy's confidences in a way that you absolutely knew She would not have consented to. No. Um, And yeah, Ali then just like freezing up in shock. Yeah. Just. Well, she just keeps repeating.
0: The woman Mark is dating has a penis. Like she just keeps saying that over and over, and then at the end, Richard's like, "Yes, it's not right." And I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" Like, what kind of portrayal is this? It's awful. It's awful. So. Later, Ali is waiting for Michael for their date. um, And she's at a table in the restaurant. And um, she we get more voiceover that says ordinarily, one would think Mark Albert would win the contest for having the biggest problem, even though he has yet to discover it. But these aren't ordinary (laughs) times. And as she's waiting, the the waiter has come to show a guy to her table, thinking that this is the guy that she's waiting for, and it's his table. And there's some confusion because the guy's like, "Oh no, this is not this is not my this can't be my table because I'm not I don't know who this woman is." And the voiceover, Ali's voiceover, is like, "It's always the case. As soon as you meet one man, they all come out. Look at this guy; he's perfect. You have another table, and I want a date, so I can't have him." (laughs) And um, while she's monologuing in her head, um, the guy who's been mistakenly shamed at Ali's table is like, oh, have you got another table? Um, And then he's like, I'm really sorry to Ali. And they have this like friendly smile and voiceover Ali then goes on to moan about when you're dating someone older, young and beautiful things get dangled in front of you all day. And then there's like a gif moment of her tongue just like flopping out with a thud onto the table (laughs) really heavily as the guy like smiles at her as he walks off. And I I don't know if you noticed, but there was like a little frog or something like animated frog jumped out of her. her tongue no, I, 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 I couldn't quite kind of tell what animal it was. it was either a frog or a fly or something but anyway she's just like Ugh. um who was the uh, guy that plays the the the
1: the guy that she just
0: met who's the guy that plays the guy, the guy.
1: <laughs> uh because i definitely recognize him and i thought you'd know and you'd tell us
0: i But you have jonathan bassett <laughs> That's the character name. So he's played by Michael Vartan. Um, he is best known for playing Agent Michael Vaughan in Alias.
1: Ah, uh, that's what I know him from. Is I never watched
0: Alias, so yeah,
1: that's what I know him from it's that
0: oh and he's in never
1: been kissed as well he is yes um which i watched recently and was like
0: oh my god this is terrible (laughs) yes so so yeah that's who it is um and yeah so ali's gift tongue comes out um, and then michael (laughs) finally turns up and he's like oh i'm really sorry and he's explaining about the case that he was working on that made him late um and she um and ali is is impressed that he's um trying an environmental case um but then also impressed that he orders a bottle of cristal because her voiceover goes oh i've been so wanting to meet a man where everything isn't about money but he's got plenty of it yeah, it's like, it's like uh, great personality trait Annie. yeah um, lovely <laughs> but then we fade into later in the day and Ali's voiceover doing a lot of heavy lifting here um, explains that um the truth is the conversation struggled for a while we both loved movies but different ones we both liked sports but different ones we were both afraid of George Bush but different ones which is quite a topical <laughs> political joke um Uh, And uh, the voiceover continues and says it wasn't until the end of the dinner that we truly connected on one common interest. One thing we were both rather passionate about. The one thing that can truly alter a person's life. Disco. Cut to (laughs) the bar where Renee is singing tonight. Um, She's singing a disco song called I Love the Nightlife by Alicia Bridges. And Ali's voiceover goes on to explain that for a single guy in the 70s, disco was the way to we- meet women. And for a little girl in her pre-teens, the outfits made for the best Halloween costumes. <laughs> um, and that's where we see Ali and Michael dancing and everyone else is there too. So Mark and Cindy are also dancing and John and Elaine. Um, at which um, Nell comes up to John and Elaine and asks to steal Elaine for a moment. Um, but John is in the middle of like, Spinning round, And he doesn't notice that <laughs> yeah. Nels pulled Elaine away until after she's left the dance floor. And then he's, there's like this, I don't know, like 10 seconds of him just being like, oh, Hopefully I'm dancing on my dancing own. How can himself. I dance with and everyone moves away from him, um, which I thought was really, really funny. Um, so Nels pulled Elaine away to the bar to ask for her help on the relationship guru case that she's working on and she asked elaine if she could enroll on the workshop that wanda went to so that they can get like a sense of what sort of advice is being dispensed there um and elaine's like well why can't you go and now like well elaine no one's gonna believe that i can't satisfy a man <laughs> and elaine just looks at her and Nell's like um let me put that another way i'm the attorney i can't be a potential witness i just need you to go and take notes please 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 um and elaine's like okay fine and then Nell notices that ali is uh there with with a guy and he she just says to elaine like who's that old thing with ali (laughs) like so much ageism jesus christ it's women So back with Ali and Michael, um, Ali's voiceover is saying, it started with disco, but as the night went on, we could suddenly talk about everything. I really started to believe that a 30 year old woman has more in common with a 50 year old man than a guy her own age. Um, And as she's been Being Carrie Bradshaw, uh, we see on the screen that uh, Michael has started to walk her home. Um, And as that is happening, Ali's voiceover says, of course, it now seemed that hard bodies were everywhere, although it was probably my imagination. And suddenly there's like this parade of like sexy young hot men like going past them um like Like it's a crisp autumn evening and she's got like a coat on and they're bundled up and you just get like a shirtless guy with abs like on a skateboard and like a guy in swimming trunks and a surfboard and men with like pumping iron (laughs) with his muscles out like
1: like lifting weights as he's walking down the street it was very funny
0: yeah um and she's kind of trying to ignore them whilst talking with michael and she's saying oh i just keep thinking about your smile michael i don't know why it should fascinate me and her voiceover goes maybe because i don't remember how to (laughs) (laughs) i was like that's it you're just fascinated by the fact that smiling is a thing that people can do But Michael says that, you know, well, most lawyers hate what they do and therefore it follows that they feel that what they do is who they are and therefore they end up hating themselves. But he is different because he gets up every morning, he watches what he eats, he watches what he does and generally he leads a healthy and happy life. I was like, good for you, Michael. Annie, maybe you should join Michael in eating some of the old brown flakes or whatever it is that he does. Um... And Ali's voiceover goes, oh, it was one of those almost perfect fall nights. I should have known I was in for something unexpected. Speaking of which, and then we cut back to the bar. And this is another thing I didn't like about the voiceover, because it's implying that Ali's got awareness. Ali's got awareness of events where she's not present. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which she couldn't be. Yeah, exactly. Like she's like speaking of which, and then like we cut back to a scene with Mark and Cindy, and I'm like, "You're not God, Ali. You're not like watch. Like, how would you know this? Like, yes.
1: I mean, I think this is the thing. Is the reason it works in Sex and the City is because she's writing her column, so you get yeah, and it's
0: like what people get, have told her. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: You're you're she's writing what these characters have later told her and we're just going to see yeah. it now. Like, and there's no consistency for that with work.
0: Ali. Exactly, no.
1: it doesn't work.
0: So, yeah, she references, speaking of which, um, and we cut back to the bar where Ali's left, obviously, and Mark is dancing with Cindy and Vonda is singing um, That Boy by The Beatles, which... <laughs> I don't like the, like uh, I don't like that the music is now trolling no, Cindy yeah, as well. Exactly, like it's not exactly.
1: good. And this is not the first time they will do this.
0: No, no. Um, so yeah, so Vonda's singing that, um, and Mark uh, and and Cindy are dancing, and Mark goes to kiss her, but Cindy sort of puts the brakes on and is like, "You're a, you're a great guy. I I want you to know that." And Mark's a bit like, "Oh, what's the matter? You seem sort of." you seem scared and Cindy's like yeah apprehensive maybe um because I've had a lot of relationships end abruptly and then Mark gives her this big hug and it's like I'm not going anywhere I promise which um is very cute um but then we pan over to Ling and Richard watching and Richard is just doing what he was doing last episode which is staring at them very rudely and just going <sighs> it's not right and Ling just Duffs a napkin into his mouth, being like, "You need to keep your mouth quiet."
1: And I just feel it's, like I don't. We we've, we've had this scene already. I'm pretty sure yeah. the last episode, yeah, we, we had did. exactly the same scene of Cindy Very similar. and Mark dancing together. Um you can see Cindy is wanting she wants to tell, to tell Mark, him but is
0: struggling to But only because to, I f- I feel like she's only wanting to tell him at this early stage <sighs> because she's feeling under pressure and worried that someone yes. else is going to Are yes. you Richard?
1: Yes. And then we have Richard and Ling watching them and just being it's a repeat, like yeah. openly disgusted by it like and it's yeah. just, like We've done this scene. It's not interesting. It's not nice. Like I don't. Yeah, delete. Control Alt Delete. Delete. Yeah,
0: exactly. The next morning, um, Ali and Renee are on her bed, and Renee is asking if Ali is afraid of giving Michael a heart attack. So sort of quizzing on what it's like, I guess, to date an (laughs) older guy. And Ali's like, he's in good shape. And Renee's like, he is a fossil. But then Ling comes in and I was like, I think you're meant to be surprised that suddenly Ling's there. And I guess it's a repeat of the sleepover, which they explain a bit later. Um, But Ling comes in and it's like, oh, I like older men because you can actually have a conversation with them once they're Peter Peters and and then elaine comes in just wearing like a vest top and pants and is like i had an old guy have a heart attack on me in bed once it was awful i just thought i was really good who knew he was dying (laughs) <laughs> um and then finally Nell joins and it's like can you imagine dying that way like naked your thingy all out messy yuck <laughs> like, has Nell, Nell's got undiagnosed OCD she must be, because she's mean, so grossed out by the concept of like bodily fluids Fluid, and yeah. sex yeah um But anyway, Ali's like, he's in good health. Um, And Elaine is like snuggling up to her. And then Ali's like, I think these slumber parties have cheered me up enough. We don't need to keep having them every week. So clearly this is now like a A weekly weekly thing. thing. (laughs) Although they've ditched Georgia, which I'm like, (laughs) poor Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, I I think it's nice. I like having the weekly girls night thing i think but i do miss georgia being there
1: i will come back to this let's let's go through the scene and then okay talk about it yeah
0: so elaine is like yeah well anyway i need to get going because i've got my like how to keep a man happy workshop to get to um and she mentions to nell that she's um she's she's able to all new enrollments are able to bring guests to the first class so you can just come along um and then Renee's like oh what is what is all of this like um Renee and Ali are asking about it um, and Renee's like what about a, a workshop on how to keep a man period and Ling's like speak for yourself and Renee's like oh yeah well you've got your Richard so what would you say the secret is And Ling is like, uh, they're my secrets. Thank you very much. And all the others are like, please, please help us poor, terrible women who can't keep men. (laughs) And Ling is like, well, there are no general rules, which is why I don't like this doctor's like workshop thing, um, because every trick is man specific. And with Richard... And she's like looking at these, the expectant women in front of her. um, And she's like, I'm not going to tell you. And they're like, come on. And she's like, okay, fine. Between us stays in these walls. I take a little adhesive, tape $100 bills to my privates, wear it all day long. And at nighttime, I get into bed. I'm beautiful. I'm naked. And I smell like money. Drives them wild. And everyone's like, Mm. Okay. (laughs) Maybe that was too much information. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like now now it's just like share. wow. <laughs> Remind me to never borrow money off you, Ling. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah, this Grim. But also
0: money's so dirty. They're yeah, like germ
1: Exactly. Like I'm just like why?
0: Grim. No. But I'm not into I, that.
1: So my big issue with this scene is I find it really interesting and when I say interesting I mean <laughs> lazy <laughs> David E Kelly has completely painted over how Nell has ingratiated herself back into this and um, group- yeah
0: Hundred like percent.
1: I uh, uh, like but, the end of last season. Even Ling was a little bit off with with now. Yeah. And suddenly they're all like cozying up together, like they're all besties. Like how did that happen? And why we haven't had any explanation for yeah, that? Why does David E. Kelly not think that this is that would be an interesting journey to follow? and yeah. it annoys me well because he... it's
0: women and he doesn't understand women's relationship well, listen, dynamics I'm just
1: because like Renee has never fucking liked Nell and in this scene no. like they're actually hugging like she's actually yeah. got her Renee's got her head on like I Nell's know. shoulder like their coat yeah. because they're besties now and it's like why do you have a complete lack of interest in these women's emotional lives unless it relates to a man to a man like he has very little commitment to these women making emotional sense like it's just like I when I want them to be catty bitches to each other I'll have them being catty bitches and when I want them to be like besties and having a slumber party in their pants and like you know, let's have a pillow fight maybe. Like, you know, it's just that I'll have to do that too. And it's just like...
0: That wouldn't happen. I
1: don't understand how this has happened and why you don't think this is interesting to... You know, because it it could happen. Tell that story, yeah. why don't you tell us this story of how Nell has become one of the gang? How they've even become a gang because they weren't a gang Last season,
0: yeah. The excuse or the the line is like, Oh, well, we set up a sleepover to cheer Ali up because she got dumped by Brian and we've just kept it going weekly. Mm. And I'm like, But even that first one, why would you have invited Nell other than as a courtesy? But even if it just to show that and then would be something, yeah, do you know, just know what I mean? It progressed like, how have we gone from I think, I
1: mean, I don't know when the last time is that we see Renee and Nell together in a scene but the one that stands out to me from last season was like the Thanksgiving episode when uh Renee starts telling Nell off for being like you you can you're invited to the dinner but you can't make rules in this house this isn't your house like yeah gets proper narky with her like straight away um yeah and I, I, I there's and then suddenly the next time we see them they're like besties and they're like feel close enough to be like hugging each other in in a bed and just like in their pajamas like it's just like that that can happen between two women be like rub each other up the wrong way at first and then become best friends or close friends but like where's the journey like you've not showed us how Nell was like an outcast last we saw her. Well, I
0: remember saying at the end of last season, we were like, how does she, how does this work then? Because everybody hated her. Like, how does she just come back? And I guess, we're uh, not gonna see that we, and we sort we're of joke <laughs> we, we sort of joke that david e Kelly would just like press reset and it would just be all like never mentioned again um but that apparently is what's happened
1: <laughs> yeah except it's it's a reset plus because he's reset it and then like turned up the friendly like yeah dial so that they they appear to be all quite close all of a sudden. And they and never were. Just, before. And and they yeah. never were before. Like not yeah. that group. Like no. not in that like so, like, you know, a couple, you know, Renee and Ali are close. Allie and Elaine are close. Ling and Allie have started to, you know, be be closer. And you know, yeah. Mel and Ling have always been close, but not all together as a group. Like that is no. not ever how that that's not the dynamic. Um, I know up to and then suddenly it's just like well I'm snapping my fingers and that's their dynamic now and it's just like right okay
0: right yeah I know what you mean (laughs) I feel like it's only really at this moment in time now that's the weird ingredient in that mix yeah like yeah it is all the others I wouldn't necessarily have as much of an issue with as I could buy that they would get together but you know even if it is a case of like they're just including Nell because it would be weird not to, because they all work together, and if she's the only one not invited, they do it to like, you know, as a courtesy, as I said. But like, we haven't seen that conversation. No. We haven't seen that rationale play out anywhere or me- get mentioned. Um, and you
1: wouldn't, you wouldn't be cuddling someone as a courtesy, like you cuddle no. up with someone because you you feel affection for them, and that yeah. is the one thing I have never ever seen between Nell and Renee.
0: Yeah, it was very odd. Very odd. Um, But, you know, um, that's David E. Kelly for you. (laughs) Um,
1: I also feel like that might have been put in place because of something like Sex and the City. Like, because you've got this group of close female friends who love and look after each other and yes they bicker but they're you know they are a solid group of female friends and maybe again maybe this was like a producer note to be like all the women are too catty and that isn't selling anymore like um they need to be friends you need to make them friends because that's big at the moment like yeah um yeah, so I wonder whether that is also why
0: he's done Cat this. Catbites
1: are out, friends are in.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Dave Kelly just wrote it on a post-it and was like, sure. <laughs> it's
1: on the party, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, so, meanwhile, whilst the slumber party is winding down, um, the men are already at work. So, Caden Fish, <laughs> Richard uh, has run breathlessly up to Mark as soon as he gets off of the elevator and is asking loads of questions about Cindy. Um, and Mark's like, Why are you so interested? Like, do you want her for yourself? And Richard, like, nearly chokes on his coffee. Um, but then he starts, ra- like, I didn't follow any of this conversation. He's starts talking about how cindy's got an arrow
1: yeah
0: and i was like none of this is making any fucking sense but then he kind of gets cut off and sees ali and he like runs after ali into her office leaving mark like what the fuck um and he's like ali if you thought any more about you know my dilemma and ali's like i don't think you should tell mark um you know actually i think you'll find guys um can be quite accepting um when you know it comes to women that they love um, and I was like, but also, just generally speaking, it's wrong, Ally, for anyone to tell Mark that's not Cindy. Like, that's yeah. the other thing, yes. like the other big thing that yes. you should be saying to Richard. Absolutely. But then John knocks at the door and Richard is like, oh, John, I need your input. And Ally's like, Richard. And Richard's, like, presses on ahead anyway and decides to tell John as well. Because, you know, apparently this came close to keep him, him awake at night. And he, uh, yeah, he basically says he knows Cindy has a secret that Mark doesn't know and should he tell him? And John's like, is the secret material? And Richard's like, oh yeah, extremely. She has a penis. And John is, again, speechless, uh, does a nose whistle and Ali's just shaking her head. And I really feel like Ali should have done more to stop that at that point like she she kept saying richard in a warning tone but she didn't literally she could have been like richard no and john get out you know i mean i know he's your boss but i so this she's definitely been forceful with him in the past
1: this episode there is an awful lot we could throw in our objections at but i'm gonna throw my objection in here okay Um, just, yeah, it, it there are other moments to come that are just as objectionable, but I'm just going to throw my objection in here. Um, it, it just... So you warn Mark in the most cryptic way. Um, confusing, way. confusing way. Completely um, confusing way. Leaving him like, what the fuck? And I just... It occurred to me that when he does find out about, um, Cindy's trans status, like, he could potentially look back at this and think that Richard was trying to take the piss or something and, and mm-hmm. being cruel. Um, which, I mean, he is being cruel, but he for, is. um... Yeah. Multiple other reasons. And then because you don't like Ali's answer, you further betray Cindy's trust. Yeah. And tell John. And and you just, like, you, you're not looking for advice at all. You don't want advice. You're just looking for approval for the thing you actually want to do. You didn't get the answer you wanted from Ali, so you're going to John because you're hoping that he will give you The approval you want and it's just like you're such a piece of shit richard you are such a piece of shit like this is just not okay on any level in any way and it's just awful really
0: awful i know it's his behavior throughout this storyline is atrocious it's really really upsetting to watch yeah um so next Ali is walking along the street again with her voiceover um, and her voiceover has this insight <laughs> to give us. I think all men are homophobes. The bigots consider gayness a deceit, a disease. The more enlightened ones don't, but only because they're afraid of catching it. And I'm like, Ali, it doesn't even make but also sense. <laughs> A, this doesn't make sense, but B, you are also a homophobe, let's yeah. forget. So yes. it's not all men. It's just, people you seem to hang out with. It's just like the lack of awareness is like off the scale yeah. in this episode. Yeah. But anyway, as she's thinking, she ends up bumping into the hot guy from dinner last night. Like, what are the chances? Um, <laughs> and he ends up asking her out to dinner because he believes in fate. And Ali's like, yeah, sure. Um, but then voiceover over Ali is all like, ah, the one thing I don't do is juggle. It's what I despise most about dating but she said yes to this day anyway. Um, And the hot guy's name turns out to be Jonathan and he is also a lawyer and yeah that they've arranged to go on a date so then Ali was on her way to lunch with Michael when she bumped into Jonathan and she makes it to lunch with Michael but her voiceover tells us that she was pretending to listen to Michael when she was really thinking about Jonathan as she like dabs her mouth with her napkin in what is supposed to be a seductive manner but to me I'm just like this just looks sore because there's nothing to dab you're just like rubbing a dry napkin on your dry face Um, but anyway <laughs> she's your like
1: dry dry napkin <laughs> on your dry dry face
0: you gonna call, your, call yourself like <laughs> vibration there but anyway her voiceover goes i have this really weird habit whenever i think about sex i use my napkin a lot maybe because it's messy i wasn't any less interested in michael to be honest i liked both of them oh i hope he's talking about something i should be smiling about men try to be funny on dates so every minute and a half i take a shot and i just laugh a little I can still smell Jonathan. And then Michael's like so she said goodbye to the family and passed away. And Ali's like, Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Ali, <laughs> why are you so bad I mean, at I, being I, like a, a, being. a companion <laughs> to anyone, like a friend, a colleague? A, you, she's literally always just thinking about herself and her problems. I know. Insane, and I'm like, cause... this is why you can't play the field, Ali. Like it's working in the field, to <laughs> quote Phoebe from Friends. Like you can't do it. You've not got the mental capacity to think beyond yourself.
1: But also, like I, because it hasn't. Yeah, he, he's he's clearly talking to me. It's an obvious thing that he's talking about when his wife died, and yes. then she's just being like, "Oh, that's so cute," and it's just, "Oh my fucking god!" <laughs> and I swear to God, this definitely a similar thing happened in like the first few episodes of the first season i think oh, i can't this, remember that this definitely you think? yeah this i wouldn't is, wouldn't this be surprised like this feels like a like a, a repeat of a joke that was done in the the first season um this was definitely done in the first season she's an
0: idiot yeah yeah completely so elaine nell and ling have gone to this uh workshop which is uh, full of women who are eager to understand how to make their men happy, which I was like, What a sad, sad <laughs> ladies um, there is more to life <laughs> yes, and really Shirley is. Shirley, who's leading this uh workshop um she's played by Florence Henderson, who will be very familiar to a lot of our American and potentially British um listeners as well, and um, because she played Carol Brady from the Brady Bunch for many years okay. so she's very well known um so that's like a little cameo there um and she, basically Shirley is explaining that you know men were pampered by their mothers when they were children um so they continue to crave that as adults and Nell's like turned to Ling and Elaine it's like should we be writing this down and Ling's like no it's okay I'm, I'm taping it um and Shirley continues, and it's like women, you know, they want careers, or if they don't have a career, they want autonomy. But what a man wants is a support system because they have wounds inside. And out, and as she's speaking, like this music starts up, and Shirley starts singing a song called "For the Love of Him" by Bobby Martin, which is all about women being like submissive and like looking oh. after their man. And at the first verse, like Nell just looks disgusted, and at the chorus, like the whole audience is like singing along and waving their hands, and even Elaine is like, "Yeah, I can sing along too." Um, and then in the second verse, Shirley starts like singing at Nell and like know? putting a hand yeah. on Nell's like <laughs> uh, shoulders <laughs> is just horrified We're and then boiling. everyone starts singing along again and Nell's like gets up and she's like goes. storms out and she pulls Ling and Ling pulls Elaine out as well which is uh, yeah I mean it just seems like a cult for I don't know, internalised misogyny.
1: Women who want (laughs) to be 50s housewives,
0: basically. It was very upsetting. Um, Back (laughs) at Cage and Fish uh, in the unisex, um, Cindy is touching up her makeup and she can overhear Renee and Ali who are just finishing up in stalls and they're talking about Ali dating these two guys and the fact that she's not really being truthful with uh, either of them. And uh, Renee is is kind of on the side of, well, like, you know, no girl really tells a guy who she really is ever. Um, like, if you start telling a guy the truth on the first date, you won't get a second. Am I wrong? She says to Cindy as they make it to the sinks. <laughs> and Cindy is just like, uh, like, really hesitant because i think you can see that she's she paranoid. thinks renee yeah. knows and is somehow like using it in this conversation yeah um, but renee just keeps going and she's like i've told some guys i'm still a virgin and they believe it too because they want to like some i've told but i've never even seen a peppermint stick which i guess means penis then she, yeah then she turns to cindy and is like have you ever tried that and Cindy is like, very funny, so everybody knows, and like, storms off, Mm -hmm. and Renee is like, really confused, obviously, because she doesn't know a thing, and it's like, what, what have I said, and Ali's like, excuse me, and she just runs after Cindy. Can I just say,
1: I know this is like, a really low bar, but considering it's this show, I do like, That Ali didn't explain to Renee like anything. She just ran after Cindy. Yeah, exactly. Um, Because you can imagine in this show, she'd be like, Renee, Cindy has a penis. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh,
0: Yeah, no, it was good that she did that. Well done, Ali, I suppose. Yeah. Clap Low bar,
1: like (laughs) I say,
0: but you know. But yeah, Ali runs after Cindy um, to calm her down. um, And it's like, look, everybody doesn't know... But obviously, by saying that she's there, let her know that she also knows her secrets um so Ali's like, "Look, can we just talk in private and she pulls Cindy into her office, and she explains that Richard did tell her um and Cindy is like, he is so. Unethical, like outraged. And Ali's like, Yes, exactly. He can't handle an, an ethical problem, which is why he told me. And um, she's like, But I told him not to tell Mark. And I was like, oh, That to me felt like she was like, I told him not to tell Mark. So I'm a good person. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then she's like, But I do think that you should tell him. And Cindy's like, I didn't ask you what you think. And Ali's like, But he's in love with you. We can all see it. And then Cindy looks sad and, like, leaves. And I was just like, fuck off, Ali. This is none of your business. Like, who... Your unsolicited opinion is not needed here. Yeah, it's like, Ali, like, you barely
1: know Mark. You barely know love. What makes you think you know that Mark is in love with her? Um, No. You are not the magical love pixie that you think you are. And yeah, like, it's absolutely not your place. Like, you can fuck off with your judgment. Like, it is up to Cindy when, as to when she feels safe enough to tell Mark. Like, that is up to her to decide. It's absolutely so many nothing things. to do with you.
0: This is what transphobes don't understand. Like, there's so many things that are fundamental to the future success of a relationship that couples could keep from each other in the early stages of a relationship about their past, about what they're currently doing, about their hopes and dreams for the future. You are under no obligation to tell the other person any of that stuff until you are ready, no matter what other people might say. And someone's gender is one of those things. Like if you like someone as a person... The idea, like, I don't understand why this has to be such a big deal. Like, you'll either want to be with them or you don't. Like, and well, you'll cross that bridge when you come to it.
1: Well, there's this just very kind of horrible narrative that anyone who, uh, yeah, that trans people who do not disclose this straight away is like, being misleading and you know lying to the person that they're dating and it's just like that's not fair that's not fair no
0: and also i know i i love her and i've spoken about her before but may martin has written the comedian wrote mm. an amazing book for teenagers about gender and sexuality in the 21st century and it's just called can everyone please calm down because that's what I feel like whenever anyone's panicking about but you know they might be gay or they might be trans and I'm just like and like can we just calm down like this doesn't need to be a big deal and you do not need to put yourself is as like the unofficial source of guidance for anyone like just it just I just hope that one day we get to a world where people are just a bit more chill about this stuff because it really doesn't need to be the big deal that well, people it comes, think it is. I think it, it it's that it, it's
1: transphobia. I understand why also, it is at the moment
0: because yeah, it, it's dangerous, but I I hope for a world where one day tolerance is such that it's just not a big deal. It, yeah. does, it shouldn't be. But it,
1: it's, it's transphobia, but it's also homophobia, isn't it? It's yes. that, oh my God, yes. what does this say about me if I'm yes. attracted to a trans woman? And it's just like, it, nothing. nothing. You're attracted to a woman. <laughs> Literally like, nothing.
0: it's fine. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is like, this. Is just the hysteria yeah. over this. I cannot stomach. It is ridiculous but anyway a bit later um Elaine has pointed out to Ali that um basically they've realized that Ali's unwittingly accidentally double booked herself on a date with Michael and Jonathan on the same evening and Elaine is like I love it you're cooked I love it and and (laughs) <laughs> They've decided, or Ali's decided, that instead of trying to reschedule one of them because it's a bit late in the day now, um, she's actually figures she can actually get both of them done. Like she'll have dinner with Michael until eight, and then drinks with Jonathan at nine. Um, and she's like, "It's doable." And Elaine's like, "But are you doable twice in one night?" And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Elaine. <laughs> um. But anyway, Ali's so caught up at all this like working in the field admin that she ends up bumping <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) into mark um and she notices that mark also seems distracted and she's like oh what's the matter mark um and it turns out that cindy has asked to see him to talk tonight um and he thinks it sounded really ominous and he's worried that she's gonna dump him and that he's toast um and ali's like don't jump to conclusions um there might just be circumcisions that you don't know about circumstances And then she's like, just see what the night brings. And then Shirley turns up at the office with her lawyer for a meeting with Nell and uh, Ling and Wanda. Um, And Shirley is grumpy. She is not happy to be there. (laughs) Um, So, um... Ali uh, has uh, clocked off of work to have dinner with Michael at six o'clock, and she's joking with him about whether this is when old people usually eat. Um, and Michael is like, ha ha ha, no, no, I've got an early meeting tomorrow, and I was desperate to sandwich you in. And I was like, um, but Ali's <laughs> like, that is a sandwich that I would like. And then Ali's voiceover is like, God, I'm thinking about sex with him now. And I'm like, <laughs> and like you're allowed to think about sex with more than one person like i do it all the time (laughs) and she's like dabbing her napkin at her dry face again (laughs) there's nothing on her face to dab it's just gonna she's gonna get a rash or something (laughs) Uh, awful anyway um and then ali just blurts out have you lied to me yet which to me came out of like left field I mean I know it's on her mind that she's lying to him but it was just a really odd turn of direction for the conversation um and Michael's like actually yes and Ali's like your wife isn't really dead and Michael's like no uh she is and Ali and then Ali's like really embarrassed about how inappropriate she's been um but then she's like well what was the lie and Michael's like well the truth is I hate disco when I first heard it it made me want to vomit and last night I was nauseous and then Ali seems to like shrug that off quite well, like, oh never mind, like what is your favourite band? Um, and Michael is reluctant to tell her because he thinks she's gonna laugh, but he eventually admits that it's Neil Diamond. Um and Ali, I think, is not particularly impressed, <laughs> no. but she recovers when she finds out that he was in a band in college, and she's like, Go, there's a piano here. Go and play me some Neil Diamond on the piano. Um, and was so just like <laughs> no
1: don't do this like I'm just like oh it just it feels so like at this point I was like if he does this it is going to be so excruciating because it's just like no one should be allowed to be the lead in a rom-com except on their wedding day like that's when you're allowed to do this not like in like random dates with men (laughs) like just be like now go do something that would only happen in a rom-com like it's just yeah oh I hate it
0: if I was the restaurant, I'd be like, but we, we're we paying for someone else yeah, to play. Like, like you can't was... just take over the piano.
1: And if I was in the restaurant eating and someone's date just got up and started playing music for them, I'd just be like, excuse me? Like, this ain't your... Like, what is going on here? <laughs> like,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: Like karaoke. Um karaoke. Yeah, why are we extras in your rom-com all of a sudden?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well... I kind of feel that about anyone who proposes in a public place. I'm like, why do you make it awkward for everyone else? Like, no one else wants to watch this. I mean, some people like it, but... I'm just like I always just feel sorry for the person that's being proposed to because I'm like this under such pressure to say like this just feels like coercion. It's not romantic. Well,
1: I think it completely depends on whether you because I was proposed to in a public place, but we. No, but there weren't like
0: a crowd of people around you. No, there
1: wasn't a crowd of people around us. But people that's different. But people did end up stop and uh, stopping on the on the walk and like watching us. Which I didn't realise was happening at all until I said yes. And then people started clapping and going like, woo, like that. Like that only... Ha- I had no idea that people were watching us when it happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, but also, I feel like, like if you're not we, surrounded... We
1: like talked, We talked about getting married like previously... So yeah. it wasn't like it was out of the blue and I had no idea it was coming. No, like, I mean
0: people who do it like in crowded places, like restaurants or like the top of the Eiffel Tower or something. Yes, where you can't yes. really be alone, alone, you know. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. It's just, yeah, I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, well, if you've ne-
1: and if you have never spoken about it previously and yeah, said, yeah, too this much. is something. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's too much pressure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, back at uh, the meeting, um, Shirley is real mad. Uh, She's like, I did not put down working women or women of power. Um, She's like, I just said that men don't want that. And Nell's like, but did you not counsel these women to be subordinate? And Shirley's like, I cancelled them to sacrifice because sacrifice is what men want. And if Wanda wants someone to sue, she should sue society. And Wanda's like, but the moment I became a pushover, like you said, he walked out. And Shelley's like, honey... I don't know you, but I'm picking up on so many things to dislike. Uh, you need to go and find a fat guy with no teeth and no other choices. He's your demographic. Dum 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 fatphobia is dum dum de dum dum fatphobia is dum dum de dum dum fatphobia is dum 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 and I was like how God!
1: oh my fucking god "Ah, Shirley you
0: bitch I know (laughs) what a dick but Nell's like oh we will go forward with this lawsuit and Shirley's like "Ooh, more threats from the Pokemon and I was like is that because Nell is wearing like (laughs) well I was like is it because Nell is wearing a yellow shirt because she looks so therefore she looks i don't know like pikachu Pikachu? i I was like i don't get it yeah i don't
1: believe this woman knows enough about pokemon to know it was an odd insult i don't think i think it's just like oh pokemon are a thing aren't they (laughs)
0: like yes david um (laughs) But yeah, um, and, and, and she continues, Shirley, saying that if this goes to trial, everything about her, meaning Wanda, becomes relevant, including why he left her. And my bet would be he got his eyesight back. Sue away. I'd love for this to go to a jury because I'm lovable. And she does this really sweet smile. And I was just yes. like... Shirley! Like,
1: well, i no love a bitch! <laughs> like, I, lo- I really love because you get this shot when she says that, you get this shot of Ling who's like looking at <laughs> Shirley like, <laughs> respect, like,
0: <laughs> you're completely yeah. dastardly, and I like it. <laughs> um so Cindy has come to Mark's office to talk and she seems really nervous and obviously he's also on edge um because he's like I'm not gonna lie I'm a little freaked like please tell me what what what's the matter like what's wrong and Cindy backs out um at the last minute she's like actually can we just go out to dinner and dance and have a good time tonight and can we talk later please and Mark's like sure um and he gives her a kiss and i just i just feel so bad for cindy at this point Mm. like i'm just like that's
1: my note exactly like i feel really (sighs) sorry for her like i cannot
0: She's in an impossible situation.
1: How difficult this must be to navigate. Like, it's not
0: easy for her at the best of times, but to be put under this much pressure by people who are supposedly helping. Like, I'm just like, with friends like this, who needs fucking enemies, right? Absolutely. And it's just one of those things where it's like, it is
1: so... (laughs) Like, not only is it not their business, but you are so... Ignorant of what it is she's having to navigate,
0: no, I know. You
1: cannot possibly provide her any advice. That useful, is useful advice, yeah, exactly. No. Like you just, you do not know what it is she's going through, so you can pipe down and sit down and just leave her do it.
0: Fuck off! Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. I okay.
0: know. Um. And the other horrible thing about this scene is as they're kissing and like, you know, like, let's put this aside for one, one night, um, we see Richard go to come into Mark's office, but he immediately, when he sees them, turns around and walks out. Thankfully they don't notice and have to see that, but yeah, yeah, it's just just like like another little, I don't know, salt in the wound for David and Kelly. Yeah. Um, so, back at the restaurant, um, Michael is playing uh, at the piano Sweet Caroline, which, uh, oh. classic. Sweet Caroline. Ba-ba-ba. <laughs> I love that song. Um, and Ali is watching, and the whole restaurant is singing along because it's a crowd pleaser, and Ali's frantically, like, rubbing a napkin all over her <laughs> mouth. <laughs> she's just like... <laughs> and her voiceover is like i had to admit there was something about him i could tell that he lives for the right reason and he loves for the right reason and as i sat there listening the whole world shrank to the size of the room there's only one thing that stopped me from walking up to that piano and asking him to marry me i had another date and i'm like that is not The reason I was like, you would never walk up to a man and ask him to marry you, Ali. You would never countenance doing that in a million years. Like, don't even pretend to yourself that you would. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. But yeah, anyway, um, she had another date. uh, Jump cut to the bar as Ali is dancing with Jonathan to Renee singing Mr. Big Stuff who do you Living think ah, Mr. Big Stuff? Um, and voiceover Ali is comparing the two men she's dating and is being like oh it would be so great to forge through the years with Jonathan figuring life out together but Michael he's done all the grunt work and he just can just give me the answers and at this point I was like oh my god like are we supposed to care about who she chooses? Like, I don't. I, I mean, really don't. Care. Yeah, this, this <laughs> is the thing.
1: Um, and um, when it, like, uh, yeah, I, I, was just like, I don't, I don't, uh, Neither of them are particularly like okay. The younger guy is 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 cute, um, but I mean, uh, doesn't appear to have any kind of personality whatsoever, other than I'm a lawyer and uh Michael <laughs> As is you all know, like don't be a lawyer yeah and Michael is just like just seems like an average man in his 50s like is really play nothing the piano. special there like I don't yeah I don't see what she sees at all um yeah and it's just like I like like toss a coin for all I care I am not invested at all in either of these men
0: (laughs) but as they're dancing um, uh, Renee then comes between Jonathan and Ali um, singing the next verse and Ali is like oh, this is my roommate. She likes to torture me. And Jonathan is like, oh, you know this woman who's like up in our grill. Um, Do you think you could send her away? And Ali just sort of waves bye-bye in Renee's face. And so then Renee moves on to sing in between Mark and Cindy. Um, And they're like, oh, lol, like cute. Oh, isn't this funny? Um, But this is where the song, which I would normally like, has a sour note because obviously Mr. Big Stuff, when applied to Mark and Cindy's situation, is having, that's an entirely other commentary that the show is giving. Um, And Renee sings Mr. Big Stuff in Cindy's ear. And clearly that unnerves her, And Mark is like, look, what is wrong? Please tell me. Um, And Cindy won't because she's like, it's not the time or the place. And Mark's like, please at least give me a clue. So, you know, I'm just, I'm going crazy here. And Cindy thinks for a second and she says, hold me close. And he gives her a big, you know, embrace. Um, And then she's like, no closer. And she sort of clenches his butt into her groin. Um, And Mark does hold her closer and then we see his face change over her shoulder into shock and disbelief as Cindy just goes surprise and he has I guess felt her penis um and he looks horrified and he staggers out of the bar and he's like bumping into tables completely shocked and Cindy is left tearful on the dance floor now this is my objection because I am objecting to the way this scene has been written. I do not yes. buy for one fucking second yes. that Cindy would choose to let on in that this way any in public. Trans woman would. And so humiliatingly for both of them, like, regardless of how difficult a time she was clearly having navigating this conversation, because I guess she felt presumably because she felt under duress to have it like this scene was written for the shock factor to have that like moment of disgust on Mark's face and for the audience to like sympathize with that and I absolutely hate it like this storyline is just the absolute worst it's got zero redeeming features because the way the show has handled trans storylines in the past has not been perfect, but at least with something like In Boy to the World in season one and Stephanie, like, yes, it wasn't handled a hundred percent well, but there was at least like a sensitivity there. Yeah. And with Matthew, um, in the oddball parade episode last uh season, like it wasn't great, but at least the 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 kind of crimes that the storyline was committing was mostly around things like misgendering which felt like more of a product of its time rather than just this mean-spirited despicable just out and out hate for the trans experience and I just feel really really sickened for any trans person that might just stumble across watching lists thinking they're you know nostalgically watching back an old show and or even just you know revisiting a show that they didn't see the first time around and confronted with this like I'm I'm really shocked that there isn't some kind of warning there's nothing on Amazon Prime that well because we don't have it on any streaming services at the moment but I don't remember there being any kind of warning on this yeah. um and I think it needs one because it's just hateful it. it's just so yeah, hateful I
1: I I have exactly the same note in terms of I was like, I genuinely don't believe a trans woman would reveal her trans status to a cishet man she's been dating um in this way ever. Ever. No. Because like it just feels like something like that is more likely to result in a violent reaction because it's like, oh, you made me touch your dick, like you tricked me, kind of thing. Well, like, it's
0: also it's and, it's been written for the audience to feel yeah, disgust well, at who know, Cindy been, is. Yeah, well, and I been, can't forgive
1: that. But, it's just yeah, awful. But, but it's been written so, like you say, because this does not feel realistic at all. It's been this scenario has been written purely to drive home what a fucking nightmare this would be for a cis het man, like, mm-hmm. this is horrifying, this is, this is what trans women are, is they're horrifying, they're a nightmare, and they're a threat, and mm. it's, it's just like, yeah, because, you know, how dare Cindy, Cindy is awful for tricking him, and misleading him, And now he's ended up being touched by her penis. And that is surely the worst thing that could ever happen to a man, is be touched by another man's penis. Like, that. that is just truly the worst thing that could ever happen. And, yeah, like you say, it is written like this is a horror scenario. And I just, yeah, like you say, it's, it's terrible. It is truly... Despicable, and also, I mean, I don't know about you. Uh, Do you think Renee knows? Because the way she sings that line in Cindy's (sighs) ear just feels way too pointed
0: to be a coincidence. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like
1: she's found out in the meantime what's going on there. I
0: don't know. know. They don't make that explicit. It's
1: they don't make that explicit it just feels too pointed to me to be just an innocent mistake because the last time you know uh, uh, cindy thought renee was talking about her in a pointed way i think they ended that scene in a way that made you feel like renee really didn't know what she was saying no she didn't yeah yeah whereas this scene i feel like Oh, I feel like you know and you're, you're making a, a, a joke. I don't
0: know about that, but I wouldn't be surprised necessarily if that was the yeah. intention because, because I don't trust this show on handling anything no, I to don't. do with I don't. trans issues well. I don't, it's just, it's just really, it's
1: just, yeah, I, I just, it's just horrible. It's a really it's horrible It's really scene. upsetting to
0: watch. So... The next scene, we have the aftermath of the next day um, and Mark has gone to see Richard, Richard of all people. Um, and he's yeah. like, so you knew and Richard's like, I, I tried to give you a hint. Like I was told in confidence. Um, and Mark's like, everything about him, her was so perfect and Richard is trying to cheer him up saying these things happen and Mark's like what do you mean these things happen? My girlfriend has a penis Um, and he's he's basically trying to come to terms with this and and Richard is like can I just say one thing it's not easy finding a person to love Mark and whoever that someone is she won't be perfect Cindy is beautiful and when people see you with her they're more impressed with you Um, and and just as you might be thinking Richard has discovered some kind of empathy and enlightened point of view with like plinky plonky piano background music the music distorts as he clarifies that he thinks Mark shouldn't dump her but he could use her as bait to attract other beautiful women ones without meat whistles as he says (laughs) and Mark is just like incredulous and leaves and richard is like nobody loves the shit nobody loves the sage um <laughs> I was it's like great like... <laughs> I do
1: think it's impressive, though, how this show can still make me think for, like, two seconds two that seconds. Richard might be about to say something quite sweet. Be redeem himself. And then, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then it just completely pulls the rug out from under you. And it's like, nah, you
0: fucking idiot. Of course, he's still a
1: scumbag.
0: <laughs> like, I know. I know. <laughs> So in Wanda's case, uh, Nell and Ling are bringing Wanda's husband into the office um, to talk to because they uh, explain to her she's really reluctant for them to do it. But she's like that we need to explore his reasons for leaving you. Um, And Ali um, then arrives at the office um, and Elaine greets her holding this massive bouquet of flowers that apparently Jonathan has sent her um well he's brought them to her and because he's here he's just in the unisex and Ali is like oh my god like wow and Elaine is like there's probably three decent guys in this stupid town and you've got two of them and Mark's got the other as Mark walks past and Mark's like real funny Elaine uh and then suddenly Michael steps off the elevator and Ali's like Ah! and she like <laughs> steps in front of the flowers that Elaine's still holding to try and like shield them from view um and she's like oh my god what a surprise and Michael's like oh I just came to see you um nice flowers um and Ali's like oh yeah um hang on a minute excuse me um and her and Elaine have this like conflag behind the flowers <coughs> to like what they're gonna do to stall Jonathan until she can get rid of Michael um and then she sends Elaine off to find Jonathan um And Michael um, stays talking to Ali and he asks Ali out for dinner again tonight. Meanwhile, Elaine runs into the unisex where Jonathan is at the sink. um, And she's like, oh, hi, I'm Elaine. And Jonathan's like, yeah, I I literally met you like two seconds ago. (laughs) She's like, yeah. Um, So uh, we're conducting a poll about how people feel about the unisex. Um, And Jonathan's like, yeah, I... Don't have time for this, um, but she works, she kind of blocks him from leaving. So he goes. He tries to escape by going the other way around the sinks, but Elaine just rugby tackles him rugby on the crown to stop him. <laughs> and back with Michael. Michael's clarifying to Ali that he wants to go to dinner tonight with her, um, so that she can meet his two kids. Um, and Ali is a bit taken aback because she's like oh my god that's, that's quite a big deal but then she can hear Jonathan like scuffling with Elaine over the other <laughs> side of the office coming out of the unisex so to get rid of Michael she's like but fine, sure, okay, great, bye-bye now. And she's like desperately mashing the elevator for him to be like pushed into and leave. Um, and she sees him off and then she runs over to Jonathan who has Elaine like <laughs> attached to his leg, like trying to show him, slow him down. And Ali just goes, Elaine, no. Bad girl, bad. Go to my <laughs> office, and you can see Elaine's like about to burst out laughing. But she like, let's go, and gets up and just walks off. Um, and she's like, she's she's a guard secretary. It's <laughs> is really funny. I did. Um, and Jonathan. Bit. Jonathan is like, it looks like. I have to say that bit. It looks like Callista and Jane had real fun filming it because you can almost see <laughs> Jane like smirking as Ali's like, "Bad girl." <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Um, but yeah, so Jonathan is then like, "Well, I I just dropped by because you know I can't stop thinking about you." And Ali's like, "Oh well, you're in my top two thoughts as well." <laughs> <laughs> Which Lothar's like, huh, what? Um, and then he's like, can I see you tonight? And Ali's like, oh no, um, tonight's going to be tough, but maybe tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, great. And he leaves and he pecks on the cheek. And then Elaine comes up and is like, you are headed for trouble. Give me one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, no, I loved, I love the whole uh, guard secretary bit. <laughs> it was very, very funny. funny. Uh,
0: meanwhile... Nell and Ling are questioning Wanda's uh, husband trying to clarify whether it was actually when Wanda became more submissive that he actually left her Um, and Wanda's husband is like really twitchy um, and eventually he admits that actually he never loved her and he only stayed with her because he was like scared basically about what her reaction would be um he didn't want to face up to her being like unpleasant or causing a big scene um and then when she became more submissive it was like his his like gateway to be able to leave (laughs) um But every time they question this guy, um, the shot that the show has makes him look really like small and weak and alone. And like, they make his voice like slightly higher and squeakier in the edit um, to make him, I guess, seem like just this weak simp. Um, And now it's just like, okay, fine. Well, now we know the truth. You can go. Um, And he's like, look, I never told Wanda that I didn't love her. So so can you just like not mention that (laughs) um and so they're like okay um and then Wanda comes back in to find out what they got out of him and Nell and Ling advise that she might have a case but it would be too tough to make it like you should drop it and Wanda's like after what she did to me how can I and Nell and Ling look really awkward and Nell's like look Uh, The thing is, it encroaches into divorce law. This is a no-fault state. Like, if you continue to take this to court, you're just going to get more hurt. And Lane just goes, just let it go, Wanda. Let it go. Um, So, yeah, Wanda. Wanda has to let it go.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like that they didn't... uh,
0: Tell her. Like, yeah, emotionally
1: devastate her with the truth. But it's like, why don't they do this fact-finding first before sending off like like having the legal stuff done because it's just like what she says what like why don't you double check that what she's saying is in fact the truth first before you start you know sending out letters know. to sue people and shit like, yeah it's just like because
0: especially yeah. if it was gonna go to trial that would all come out anyway exactly so you'd need to know it's it
1: surely you would do this work first before involving anyone else, like before pointing mm-hmm. the finger at anyone else. Like, yeah, it seems very odd that it's only now that they realise that they don't really have the case they thought they did.
0: Yeah. Um. And so back with Mark, um, he's walked to Cindy's house um, and he sort of goes up and down the stoop uh nervously um and then eventually just knocks on the door um and Cindy opens the door and Mark immediately apologizes for running off at the bar and he says I always do that when a girl seems too happy to see me um and Cindy's like ha ha and Mark's like no seriously I could have handled it better and Cindy's like no actually your reaction was normal um if that's what you came to say then apology accepted fine um And then Mark is like, do you have plans this evening? Um, And Cindy's a bit taken aback because she, I think she thought like that would be the end of it. Mm. Um, But she's like, "What, what are you saying? And Mark goes, well, I've been thinking about this all day. And as hard as I try, I can't see you as anything other than a woman, a woman I want to continue to see. And Cindy's little face just is like, she's happy but she's like I think she looks like she's about to burst into tears she said she's about to burst into tears and she's not sure why and they they have this hug um and I was a bit like okay so like this is nice like this is good on the one hand but on the other hand I'm really nervous about where this is going because I don't trust that this storyline is going to be told sensitively or respectfully at all and I would love to be proved wrong but I can just like like, I can see the Richard snipey jokes and whatever else that they have planned to, Coming like, up. use this yeah. storyline as comic was, relief and I'm I'm worried about it.
1: Yeah, I was really, like, pleased at this scene. I was, like, you have Mark showing up and basically saying all the right things. Like, I'm sorry how I reacted. I yeah. see you as a woman and I want to continue dating you. Like which was just, like, all the right things. So I was just like, oh, this is so lovely. And I was just kind of like, you know, like, so you do understand that trans characters are worthy of love and dignity and respect. So why have you made us wade through so much mean-spirited shit? Like, why do you make us, like, do that for just one one scene where you you treat them like like a human, a human being, being worthy yeah, of, yeah. of
0: a relationship
1: yeah like why why all the hateful sludge um that we have to I like say wade through to, to get me for this one was golden scene
0: this was a great scene but it was it was not enough in my opinion. No, to make it doesn't me make trust up
1: for, for what has happened where this is going previously. It doesn't make up for that. But it's no. just like okay, so you do in theory understand that this woman is worthy of love and and respect and dignity. Like you you wouldn't write this scene otherwise. So no. why why all the all that crap? why um it it doesn't it's it's just very like confusing to me i don't get it
0: yeah it's weird um it's very odd for me through 2021 eyes yeah um So, anyway, final scene. Um, Ali is out for another dinner with Michael, um, and they've agreed that, um, you know, as planned, they're going to meet his kids at this dinner, and his daughter is there. um, And his daughter is like, Yay, we've been encouraging daddy to date. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Daddy, like, how old are you? Please. Um, And uh, she's like, oh, I'm so glad he finally met somebody. And Ali's voiceover is like, my God, his daughter is older than me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And... And the daughter is like, oh, if this works out, I could be calling you mum. And then Ali goes, Ali's voiceover goes, only once because I'd kill you. And I'm (laughs) like, well, this is boding well. Like, you're really bonding with this, you know, person that's important to the guy you might potentially be dating. Um, And Michael's like, oh, you know, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, And then he's like, oh, here's your brother. And then... The big reveal is that his son is Jonathan. Didn't see that coming, did we? Yeah. Um, Also, isn't this basically just a repeat of the like Georgia and George kind of like that? Yeah, very similar similar ground that we're treading here. Yeah, Um, Yeah. But anyway, there's this swell of dramatic music, and Ali's like, oh shit. And Jonathan's like, oh, I think we've met. And then Ali's like nose whistles. And then we get a to be continued. Because Which clearly just... <laughs> they thought this storyline was, was so intriguing? gripping that it needed a two-parter.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, like that we needed a to be continued. But that's Because she's definitely had like, you know, relationships or situations that have spanned more than uh one episode that didn't get her to be continued, to be
0: continued. yeah like, i know it's just very
1: weird cliffhanger <laughs> yeah it's just like uh yeah i'm not as invested in this as you think I'm, i would be <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: it's rather grand for something that is it's like really literally could give two shits about <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah uh yeah just for a coin like Fine. don't care. I know <laughs> so so yeah, that was that was episode three um of season four. Yes. here we are, we've made it to the here end. We did are. it I feel like we Ugh. need like a cathartic Shower. group hug <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's um it's just a shame. I've been it really is. excited about season four, and I could not i had no memory of this storyline um and i'm really sad about it this cindy and mark storyline it's not being told in a way that is uh respectful or helpful to anyone it's just like meant to be funny i think but (laughs) it's not funny
1: no uh, i did know this was coming but only because liam remembered that mark dated a trans woman And in his head, he was like, oh, I'll be interested to see, like, how that's done. Because he does, he finds out and he continues to date her, was his memory of it. And and I was just so, I knew that this was coming. Um, I mean, to be fair, at this
0: time, that reaction from Mark would have been quite groundbreaking, I would imagine.
1: Yes, Um, uh, absolutely.
0: So that is a good thing. But all the other stuff around it, as we've said, I don't think you can excuse it. uh,
1: Watch now, like I think that's that's the thing is that it's so mean spirited in its approach to Cindy, and I, I just yeah, it's just hard to stomach nowadays, and I think. It's a shame because whilst, you know, whilst we're not really getting on with the voiceover stuff and we're not really interested in in the two men that Ali is um, now in a love triangle with, like, (laughs) it's it's like, uh, you know, it's not bad. Like, that stuff isn't terrible, but this trans storyline is just a real bummer too. yeah uh and it's a shame because it's
0: taking away from the excitement and the life that you know having larry has introduced to the show well, notably noticed, larry not, not in this in episode yeah not yeah in this yeah episode.
1: i'm just like you need less of uh your horrible um attitude to trans people and more
0: larry larry paul yeah (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly you've you've got the balance on this episode completely wrong
0: (laughs) yeah um so okay well let's let's see uh where we go guys yeah but um, hopefully this story peters out Yeah. Um, but yeah verdict of the week the jury's back who are Um, you um finding I'm
1: gonna give a guilty to Richard yeah um I just uh, yeah he was terrible last week he's terrible this week like I just think he's dry like he he's the reason that you know uh, more people know which is more pressure on Cindy For Cindy to um yeah you know, to, to disclose something that really she should be allowed the time and space to disclose when she's most comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. And as a result, it just, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really just unpleasant, like the amount of stuff Richard does in this episode, the amount of things yeah. he does, the amount of things he says, that is just, just, is a like like we said. It just really brought the episode down for us because it's just yeah really depressing to watch how this bigotry is just like reveled in.
0: Hmm. 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 Um. I agree. Um. But I was gonna go with giving Mark a not guilty um mainly for that like golden (laughs) final scene um just because i do think yeah i mean i don't want to give people brownie points for you know treating people who are trans like human beings but i do think if you consider the time that this was aired and clearly Mm. the amount of um Uh, transphobia that it was felt was okay to just bandy about in the form of entertainment actually having one of your characters turn around and be like no i i can see through that i can see past that i can see you as a human being i can see you as a woman um i want to continue dating you more to the point um is uh really good representation um or a good thing to represent i should say not that this is a great example of that type of representation but at least they've got some in there um so yeah i just yeah as a counter to richard's guilty which i absolutely agree with um i would i want to give mark a not guilty i guess for for coming um to that conclusion and giving cindy that dignity to be like yeah. yes i understand this will be difficult but i like you enough to, yeah. to be see open-minded. past all of this crap yeah 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 um so you know yeah I that's that's, that's what i think um but yeah i actually think the sooner they if this is the way they're gonna treat cindy's character i think yeah. the sooner they wrap up this storyline personally the better, the better for everyone's yeah. sakes yeah um so let's see. Let's see how long we have to watch terrible things.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, so no, it's we bit, would... It's just really annoying, isn't it? When it's just like, that you, why? <laughs> like,
0: I know. You've
1: got Robert Downey Jr. Why are you doing this? <laughs> why?
0: Yeah, I know. Why are you doing this? I can't explain... <laughs> Why? It's just sad. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, let us know what you think of this episode uh, and uh, whether you agree with us or not. Our um, Twitter is Bygones Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook by searching for Bygones Podcast. We're on Instagram at Bygones Pod. Or you can email us with your thoughts um, bygonespodcast at gmail.com. Um, I know we have a few trans listeners. I'd be really curious to know what your thoughts are on this storyline particularly because we will read them out um, in our next Mailbag episode if you get in touch with us, um, if you want us to, obviously. Um, Because you know are these episodes ones that you feel you need to skip um are they uh you know or do you watch them and with a critical eye and think thank god we've we've moved on in some regard um you know really interested to hear your points of view um on this because uh yeah um it's uh, it's important to call out when this stuff is not handled well so that we can not do it ever again yeah <laughs> I think yeah. Um, uh, in terms of the entertainment we consume um, so yeah um, any, any insights or any thoughts that you have um, if you are a member of the trans community we'd love to hear it um, and yeah until next time bye gongs touching me touching you
1: Oh, 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 oh,